Welcome back, Red Spotters, to another edition of the Red Spotlight Podcast. I'm your host today, Alexis J. Soto. And today I am joined by more than one person, which is a nice change of pace, uh, how, how it's been recently. I am joined today by, you know... What, what, what was it in Casablanca? Uh, round up the usual suspects. That's exactly Round up the usual suspects. Exactly. And since he went, went ahead and did the voice thing, you may recognize that as Kyle Andrew Lira, who never fails to drop in a reference. Bonjour, Monsieur Alexis. And again, I don't understand why he insists on introducing himself in French. But, you know, that's beside the point at this point. Um, you feel Kyle, the Americans are all Kyle, the same. Kyle, don't slurp that coffee, or I swear to God, <laughs> it, it's it's actually not coffee. It's abuelitas. Okay. Ooh, don't encourage it. <laughs> okay, fine. Um, and it's I'm also good. joined by David Francisco. David, uh, interestingly enough, uh, we were having a conversation a, yesterday. By the, by the way, that's a fun name to say, Francisco. It is, which is why I came up with it. Um, <laughs> uh, but, but, I mean, in all seriousness, he, those are his real names. It's like, you know, the Moreno's, have, they're weird. They have, like, several names. Um, but it's okay. <laughs> I mean, one has a wig. <laughs> I mean, she took it off recently, so it's like, I don't oh know what we're bringing God. it up. <laughs> speaking of the person with the wig, we were speaking with her last night, and one of the things that invariably came up was uh, David. And as we mentioned on the show before, David is currently taking a video editing class. And uh, let's just say someone uh, on this show is planning on taking a trip to Walt Disney World pretty soon. Stay tuned for the Fantasy Fair when she comes back or he, you know, oops, he or she. Um, and then also, uh, what was mentioned in that was uh, that David was interested in getting a new camera for the purposes of that trip. Now, David, uh, what's wrong with the camera you have right now and why do you think you want a new camera for this show? I mean, for this uh, trip you're going to go to Florida. I mean, Meanwhile, I just thought- on QVC. <laughs> yeah. I just thought, why not get, like, a better camera? Who knows? I mean, I mean, yeah, the one we is have it, is fine. It's just... How old is it? I have no idea. That's how old it okay, is. Okay, that, <laughs> that may indicate how old it is. It may, yeah. may be time for a new camera. Yeah. Although I did, tell, I did tell your sister that, you know, the iPhones have are great cameras uh, for simple photos like those. But, you know, mm-hmm. what's even better, of course, is an actual camera. If you want to put in, you know, the money for that. Yeah. Um, I was wondering, were you also thinking about getting a new camera for your video editing class or do you not need one for that class? Um, well, I might need one cause I know the last project we're going to have to do is make it like a short film. Be like You're a- making a short film. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> That's oh, supposed to be okay. our last. It's a like a group project for the class, like the last. One. Okay, wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. We have nice. regular, we have regular updates on uh, David's uh, video editing class, and mm. uh, you know, you heard it here first, folks. He's making a short film, which I'm sure he will wonderfully provide to us in an audio format of which we can <laughs> somehow upload on this podcast yeah. and see how it's interpreted. And, um, I, mean, I really like I really like hearing the colors. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it's going to feel like. Um, well, you know, that's wonderful. It's good to hear uh, things are moving along swimmingly. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, I for I have a I have a class this semester at uh, it's called backpack journalism, and right now it's really really just elementary basic. Like I went on Friday, um, I went to the university and I got out a camera. And by the way, like the school that I have, I mean, private school, so they have a lot of money. The cameras <laughs> they have. Um, the 4K cameras that come with tripods and batteries and like the whole thing. It's basically a camera you'd see by a professional journalist, like TV station. Those cameras cost, if you lose just the camera by itself, over $3,000. Over $3,000. And yes, if you're wondering, they've had incidents in which you could be mugged and you'd still be culpable for, you know, you know, emptying out your pocketbook for uh, the cost of that camera, which incidentally enough, getting mugged in DC is actually pretty common. So there's a, uh, yeah. So there's, especially if you're carrying a heavy camera like that. Somebody's uh, doing the mugging. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, and for those, uh, again, you know, I can't obviously you know, describe the camera enough because if you want to go on my Instagram at think great the Alexis, uh, there's actually a photo of the camera that we use alongside one of my colleagues, uh, who's, who's from Florida, actually, uh, Cindy Choi, uh, when we did a report on Anacostia. So I, hi, and, Cindy. Uh, hi, Cindy. <laughs> um, one of the things I actually want to make a, a point of, cause I keep forgetting either at opening or closing is to make sure people know where to find us aside from the podcasts. Um, Kyle, uh, would you mind telling people your Twitter handle and your Instagram? My Instagram? Well, you could follow the Red Spotlight Entertainment uh, Instagram at Red Spotlight Entertainment. And then uh, you could check out me at Kyle. Under- and I, that, that's uh, that's Twitter. The Twitter is Kyle underscore Lyra. And then uh, Instagram is at Kyle Andrew Lyra. Yeah, and mine's pretty much the same thing. Uh, at Instagram, it's uh, at Think Great. At think great the Alexis all under one thing, and then uh, Twitter it's at great the Alexis. Uh, so pretty pretty simple. I'm not sure David has any social media, so I do. I just don't use it. <laughs> yeah, so it would be useless. He'll find him on this podcast. Um, that's basically where we are. So anyway, we're gathered here today, not for a wedding, as but for a podcast. Be. What do you mean? As it should be. Find him here. On, find him here on the podcast. You know. As it, oh, as of course. Be. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So today on the rundown, as far as the story, it's going to be mainly a news-heavy show with a few reviews here and there. So here's a rundown for today. Warner Brothers reportedly in development of two DC Universe spinoff films: The Trench spinoff from Aquaman, which crossed one billion dollars at the worldwide box office, and Black Canary. Uh, who is uh, featured in the upcoming Birds of Prey alongside Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn. Also in the news, Disney reportedly in development of a follow-up, I can't believe I'm actually reading this, to The Nightmare Before Christmas in the form of, who knows, uh, apparently a live-action movie, maybe an actual sequel? That is still to be determined. Disney... Uh, is set to lift the embargo for social media reactions to Captain Marvel two weeks early. Um, that should be pretty... It's actually going to come up on, the, on the, I believe, February uh, 17th or 19th. So it's coming up pretty, pretty soon, which is hard to believe that we're already here and this close to Captain Marvel. Uh, and speaking of Marvel and female superheroes, 
the uh, apparent Marvel superhero uh, female drama that actually had a Wonder Woman uh, screenwriter attached to the project is now not moving forward at ABC. And you can put that to the pile of shows under Marvel that didn't go forward at ABC. Um, it's piling up, actually, when you think about it. And, of course... Yeah, exactly. It's almost inhuman. Um, and then uh, David and I have uh, some short reviews to present for you today on The Lego Movie 2, the second part, which is out in theaters this weekend, as well as the horror movie, The Prodigy, a film that David and I had previously discussed in, in previous uh, episodes of the show um, and had high, hope, high, uh, high hopes for. And unfortunately, um, one of these movies didn't actually live up to... Um, well, you know, I'll, I'll let the reviews speak for themselves on that part. Um, I ended up seeing Lego Movie uh, 2 only. Uh, David actually saw both of the movies that we're going to be uh, talking about here pretty soon. Um, but before we get into that, um, there's some housekeeping I want to, you know, uh, clear up. Some things that we actually didn't mention on the show before, before we get into these topics. I mean, it's just like quick rapid fire um, things that happen in the world of movies. Um... So we had been talking for months at this point about the movie Black Panther and its prospects at getting uh, an Academy Award nominee. And um, the last show that we talked about this with Peter, Peter actually, you know, had a very, um, a very interesting response in the sense that he he's come to peace with it. It's like coming to peace with death, really. Um, but he's come to peace with it in the so sense dramatic. that. Um, yeah, I know. But he's come to peace with it in the sense that, uh, you know, if we're going to designate one culturally significant movie at the Academy Awards of the eight movies, and with the system that already exists, it's fine. And you know what? I'm, I'm actually not really, to be honest, not really angry about that anymore. The one that I think gets me a little bit upset um, is the visual effects uh, people. Because, you know, Critics' Choice and then earlier yesterday, I believe, the BAFTAs, which is the British version of the Oscars, awarded Black Panther Best Visual Effects. Um, so that's something. But I think the, the bigger question is here for you guys is to get your response as to how the movie has been performing. And then also the fact that it won the first superhero movie ever to get nominated for Best Picture, but then also but win Best Ensemble at the Screen Actors Guild Awards over other movies. Um, what have you made at the success of this juggernaut of a movie? Anybody go first. David? Mm, I don't think it deserves any awards besides costumes. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I guess costumes. I don't know. I don't know if there's any ones better, but it's kind of... Why? Why? What? So you, you feel that uh, Black Panther isn't really or should not be in contention for any real awards in, in this sense? Yeah. I mean, okay. it was it was fun watching the movie and all that. It's just I'm sure there, there are a lot more better movies that deserve that deserve awards. Kyle. Uh, it, it, you see, this is where it really teeters the line of like deserving and like. Uh, its position and status in terms of like art and cultural movements, really. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it, this is this is where it becomes like a real like uh, 
fine line between the two because I, I think that, you know, while it is like the most like provocative, culturally, you know, significant, uh, a film, you know, to come out. I mean, it's just a major, it's a major blockbuster film that made 700 plus, uh, million at the box office domestically. Um, 10 years ago, that would be unheard of, unseen. And so we cannot ignore the fact that that actually happened. But then again, uh, in terms of like story and quality, I mean, it is a very, uh, uh, it, it is better than, some of the other, uh, uh, you know, by the numbers MCU movie, but it's just like, or for that matter, by the numbers Oscar movies, uh, uh, bear, it's barely over the hill in terms of, in terms of that, in terms of the MCU. So I, I think right now, I think they're more focused on like the cultural significance of it all versus mm-hmm. like the quality of the film. And I, you know, I guess if, you know, especially in like this day and age, I guess it's fine. But I think that, you know, you know, I think that, you know, (laughs) to each his own, pretty much to each his own. Yeah. And, you know, I think what's really fascinating about all of this, I mean, I I, I agree with both of you, um, clearly. Um, But um, then also with Peter somewhat, again, it's one of those things where it's like you see one side, you see the other um, I'm actually though, um, the one thing that I will put out there, um, is I don't consider it a win or a compliment by any means of the Academy recognizing a superhero movie, because we all know this was nominated despite being a superhero movie, not because it was a superhero movie. We all know that the, the Oscarologists said that Marvel hired a publicist an Oscar campaign manager that removed any mention of a comic book or a Marvel label from any of the pamphlets or the marketing for the promotion of this movie for the voters. So I don't in any way, shape, or form consider it a win for comic book movies. In fact, in some ways, it's actually pretty much an insult, and I just want people to make sure that is out there. But then we've we've talked at length about how a lot of these awards have really just are meaningless, especially when you uncover um, why it is that some of these People come to these decisions. I saw an article in Headline the other day that Bradley Cooper apparently felt embarrassed that he had been snubbed for Best uh, Director at the Academy Awards. Yeah. And, and you know, that really sucks because Kyle and I, who saw Star is Born, like, easily uh, Bradley Cooper should be in that category because it was his first film and it was a hell of a film to direct. It, Hugely not, successful movie. He stormed the gate and he pretty much, like, ran with it and stars born i think is like no exception to that little factor he he really like knew what he was doing i mean he knows his shit like to a t when he made stars born and you know the way that the way that he got like uh the peaks and valleys and trying to get this film made is all in a miracle in itself you know so i i mean that that must suck bad if you felt like you know you didn't do your job you know because at the end of the day you're making art but then again your art is your job and to have that your job um be be kind of decommissioned like that Mm -hmm. then then why uh what does that say about your art 
I understand you know? that, but you, I think somebody needs to tell him he shouldn't feel bad at all because he really has nothing to feel bad over. When you uncover how these people think, like I told this to to Peter in the last show, especially in the circumstances of Bradley Cooper, who was also in contention for a nomination for Best Lead Actor in the movie he directed. The Oscarologists at Gold Derby, who I followed for years, say this from the director's branch, who may feel threatened in the sense that you can't... And the thing, some, somebody said that they don't like it when an actor tries to direct a movie and then is also up for an, an acting award at the exact same time. And they intentionally snub you because of that. And we know that precedent happened with Ben Affleck several years ago with Argo, who he was given a Best Acting nomination, but was not given a Best Directing nomination. And one of the Oscarologists who I, I was watching this podcast said how they how they feel, you don't get to be that pretty and be that successful. So let's just be real. There's a lot of vanity and a lot of like bullshit happening behind the scenes. Not just This is just one example. Go back and listen to the Fault in Our Stars episode of this show because mm-hmm. it is bullshit up and down the ballot. And really, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. So there's that. Uh, but they still matter as an institution to, you know, to, to us in the sense that look at all the mistakes that they've made this year. They tried cutting away like two-thirds of the songs. They were shamed into putting them back in the show. I don't know what the deal is, but they, they, they tried to cut away half of the awards and present them during the commercial breaks or announce them on Twitter. I don't know if that's still happening. I guess they're trying to go for a two-hour show versus a three-hour show. And there's no host this year. (laughs) So it's like when you think at the priority that is on these people's minds, it's like what is is it you're trying to be? Are you trying to be a successful television show, an award? Like you're just making all the wrong decisions. And that's not even bringing up the fact that last year they tried introducing a best popular film category – which at this point is quite useless because when you had movies like Black Panther and Bohemian Rhapsody and The Star is Born getting nominated, which were crowd-pleasing films, but there's the, no need for a best popular film. It, the best popular film category was all there just to put Black Panther in there. Yeah, that's what we all... That's why... That's, that's why and I think that's in large part why people were so outraged when they tried to announce that. I think it was last August. Um, when they, when, when, when they did that and then they just took it back. So yeah, it's, it's really, uh, I don't know. And I'm not even sure there's any way to fix it or, or do you even care about what's going on? But I think at the end of the day, when I was talking with Peter in the last podcast is we arrived at the same conclusion that as it is right now, the Oscars are really no better than the Golden Globes when it comes to handing out awards or their entire process or decision-making. Like they, they're the exact same thing. So or we could just cut out award season altogether and you know avoid what? this whole debunkle. <laughs> that sounds like a good a good idea, especially since award season will be long in the history books until we get our own top ten movies of the year list from two thousand and eighteen. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at the way we're going, it's it's gonna toga, take some time. Toga, toga. Okay. That, that that's that's Never wonderful. Go. No, that's fine. All right, so we're gonna go ahead and dive into our first official news story of the day, and that was I'm uh, the deep end. Watches are diving. 
which will win best song at the Academy Awards. Um, and Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga will perform. So stay tuned for that. Uh, when, whenever the telecast happens, by the so, way, did you see the Las Vegas, uh, a performance that they did together? Mm-hmm, yes, it was, it was nice. It was pretty heated. Okay, so Warner Brothers has announced. No, no, I'm sorry. I should correct the record on that. They're not. They have not announced a single thing. They never really announced anything. It is being reported that there are two spinoff movies that are in development right now at the studio. And it's so interesting because we we talked about this. The Canary, uh, Black Canary, and, and and the Trench. David and I, I think two weeks ago, or two podcasts ago, were actually you know giving a lot of praise to Warner Brothers' slate in terms of Matt Reeves' Batman and James Gunn's Suicide Squad, um, and then other films are like Shazam and Wonder Woman. So we were actually being very positive about the decisions they made with those directors in those films, and I made the prediction that come 2021, Marvel and DC would be flipped, and DC would actually be on top as I'm sporting a Marvel shirt right now, so... You know, the checks have been returned, people, if that was any <laughs> indication um, as to my commentary. But basically, we had been very complimentary and very positive about what DC is going like in the future. But there are some things that, you know, I, I will admit still make you scratch your head. So there's so Aquaman was very successful, the most successful DCEU movie, made a billion dollars worldwide. And Instead of developing a direct sequel with, you know, the Aquaman characters, they're looking at doing a spinoff movie of the... Okay, uh, David, you saw Aquaman, right? Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. Okay, can you explain for Kyle um, the scene in the movie <laughs> that, they're act- that they're going to make a movie about? Yeah, so they're it's just called The Trench or something. And it's just a bunch of like sea creatures that murderous sea creatures that attack anything that gets in their in their part of the ocean. And I guess they want to make a movie about that. About I'm not exactly sure what about like the creatures, like how they yeah got the creatures there. the creatures. I mean that sound. I mean I wouldn't mind if it was like some survival movie type of thing. Like it's just mm-hmm. like a random ship, maybe like a. Like an army ship or something that they know about the trench, and it kind of becomes like a like an alien type of movie. It alien could. Aliens. I mean, like, that, that could be interesting, and why not take it place in the DC universe instead of like making like an entire new uh, creature for their movie? Mm. So there was a scene where where uh, Arthur Curry and with uh, and Mara were ne- needed to get to basically. The center of the earth, if you can imagine that. And in their <laughs> way was this trench with these murderous sea creatures that were actually devolved Atlanteans from thousands of years ago. Um, and it was actually a, a, one of the best scenes in the movie. Mm-hmm. And really, you should, that's James Wan's penchant for horror. Beautiful and terrifying all the same. And of course, the designs of those creatures. But. Mm-hmm. I feel like all we just said about those creatures is about all there is to them. Yeah. So, like, 
I think the movie is is not really what they what you were suggesting, David. It's like it's more along the lines of, "Hey, here are these these scary things, and we're gonna we're gonna have a movie about them." Yeah, and it sounds be like scary. The life of the trench, like that sounds. That's <laughs> what's gonna be, or something. That's that's what it sounds like. Yeah, but if it was like the one that I suggested, I'd actually be down for that. <laughs> I'd okay. rather I'd rather see a spinoff of Sylvia Trench from James Bond, but that's just me. I knew you were going there. <laughs> I just knew you were going to go there. That, um, uh, but anyway, the trench. Uh, it it sounds boring, <laughs> baffling. I'd, even I'd mm. I'd rather like if they were to like make anything of like Aquaman or anything like that. Have like. Have a Black Manta movie, or have, or have like the inner turmoil, like you know the daily, the daily lives of the Atlanteans. You know, some shit happens on a day to day basis. They have to go and get it. It'll be like Saturday morning cartoon times ten. Mm-hmm. That would be interesting, but to have like this, like kind of like, like murderous gang of sea creatures just like might as well make a movie about davy jones's crew (laughs) (laughs) well i think that should be more interesting at this point um a movie about davy jones's crew um no not really it's um yeah so it's like i don't know what it is but it's like you can just tell at this point that they are just throwing everything at the wall. And they're just they're just waiting to see what the hell is going to stick. And you know, I'm not entirely opposed to that idea. Because a lot of these things have actually sound like they have potential. Again, there's Shazam. There's Wonder Woman 1984. And there's be, for sure there'll be a third film coming. There is the Batman, which, oh my god. And of course, James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. The, the the Super Pets movie they announced makes more sense than The Trench. Yeah. They're making a Super Pets movie? The, a Super Pets animated movie, yes. Coming what? out 2021. What the flying <laughs> fuck? Yes, yes. Super Pets is coming. But that's not all. Um, and then also, I should, I should have mentioned... I mean, I should, have, I should have judged because I saw Teen Titans Go and I was actually entertained by the movie. Hmm. I hear people like the movie. And you know what? That's saying something coming from you, Kyle, because, I mean, don't you detest everything about Teen Titans Go? Yes. <laughs> and you saw the movie. And I saw the, and I saw it was on. I was like, you know, fuck it. Why not? And then I watched it and I was like, well, which it, was better? Why not? Which was better, Teen Titans Go or Venom? Oh, well, Teen Titans Go actually is good. Had a good story. <laughs> Of right. Venom, it was just like uh, you're gonna, you know, you better watch yourself or there'll be carnage. Wink, wink. You no. know, I should have mentioned Birds of Prey in that because you know, Birds of Prey at this point sounds pretty promising. I'm actually excited for that. I'm yeah. actually really excited. For I don't Birds know what's happening, but the more I'm hearing, the more I'm seeing, the more won over I am about that movie. On a- Honestly, I was won over by the shot of uh, of Harley Quinn dancing with a glass of margarita. Yeah. 
That sounds that great. Is, that yeah. is a mood. If that's if that's any indication of her character arc or structure in uh, Birds of Prey, I'm all for it. That's that's good stuff. Well, we know Black Canary is going to be in Birds of Prey, right? Right. So now it's looking like they're developing a Black Canary standalone movie. And before people get the wrong idea, or here's the thing. Peter and I have joked for years on this podcast about how Sony would do this exact same thing. Because Sony is known for, all right, Amazing Spider-Man 1, Amazing Spider-Man 2, and then we're going to have a Sinister Sinister 6 trilogy, and then we're going to connect it with this and with that. And it looks... It looks a lot like Warner Brothers is just taking that to heart more so than Sony because if this is true, except Warner Brothers has the potential of actually succeeding. You know, for sure, and, and it might actually work because in addition to the Birds of Prey movie that that is right now being made and this Black Canary film that is apparently in development or rumored to be. You know what else is rumored? I'm not sure if you heard this, but also. Um, Gotham City Sirens is still going to be made, and it's supposed to be the direct sequel to Birds of Prey. And then the third movie of that trilogy is supposed to be Birds of Prey versus the Gotham City Sirens. I could picture the trailer now. (laughs) Joan Jett's bad reputation. (laughs) For what? The flashy images. There you go. That's your marketing. So, I mean, David actually, I, no, go ahead. It, it sounds like, it sounds like a good idea on, on paper. I don't know. I, I have to see footage of this shit actually going, but right now DC is kind of in a good, uh, good role and mm-hmm. it, it has, uh, has, uh, has good, good merits with it right now. So I, mm-hmm. I think that it would be very, uh, very open to uh, suggestion, if that makes any sense. So, I, uh, eh. I mean, it sounds weird at first, and it honestly is kind of questionable. But at this point, they're they're uh, building up a little bit of momentum. I mean, that's oh. what we thought, you know, as uh, MCU fans of uh, when they announced, "Oh, we're making a Guardians of the Galaxy film." And then all of a sudden, everybody was rolled their eyes and like, who, you know, and just but like the questions and, and nobody dif- thought, nobody thought that, you know, a talking raccoon and a, and a walking tree would actually mean a hill of beans, you know, so I, I agree with that there, but to also, uh, you know, push back a little bit, if Warner brothers had handled that, that garden of the galaxy, and it be as successful as it was. At this point, you would have had a Drax solo film, a Rocket and Groot team up movie, a Gamora trilogy. Which God, we need a Gamora trilogy. Um, so you see what I mean? Like this probably would have. She's happened. green. Yes, we need her to be green. Um, what do you think? Can you just imagine some hardcore DC fans? Which I assume both of you are. How does how do you like reconcile some of these uh, um, projects that are being greenlit versus a new Superman movie or a new Batman movie? Like, does that not take precedent? Or at this point, I think, the, I think the D, yeah, I think right now in terms of like status with uh, with DC, I think that 
uh, uh, DC really like it really needs like to bring the side characters to to light because God like there's such an oversaturation of Superman film there's uh, there's an oversaturation of Batman films and Batman related properties and DC is a little bit more than those two characters so I think that uh, them do taking these other sideline characters is a good good thing. Yeah. And that includes both Supergirl and Batgirl, which we reported last year are also being uh, looked into for their own films. Um, so it's really interesting where all this is going. Um, and, I mean, to state the obvious, Black Canary most likely is being looked at as for her own movie because she's both a girl and she's probably, I mean, Black Canary is black, right? Is that fair to say? Right? No. She's not black? Is she no. going to be black in this movie? Are we sure about that? Because that's what uh, I mean, somebody... they could. Why not? But no, she's not black. <laughs> Are you sure about that? Yes, I'm sure. Somebody look it up real quick because I'm pretty sure fa- they cast. I'll fact, I'll fact check. But uh, David, you could you could continue. Well, no, I mean I I'm... agree with you, Kyle. Like they have. Uh, why not focus on the side characters? Because literally, like I don't know how many years of Batman we've seen. Uh, we all love Superman, but like. Why not take a break from it? And I think, I'm not sure. I don't like, I could be wrong, but I think DC has like a ton, tons more characters, side characters at least, than Marvel, which are probably, which they are all very interesting. The so like, name of the actress, the name of the actress playing Black Canary in uh, Birds of Prey is Journey Smollett Bell. Okay. Oh, wait. Uh, you meant in the movie, right? I thought you meant in yeah, the comics. Yeah. yeah, in the movie. Oh, my bad. Oh, okay. I thought you, I thought you meant the comics. <laughs> no, no, no. In, in this movie, in Birds of Prey, and then also... Who's playing Black Canary in Birds of Prey? That is uh, who Kyle just said, and I, I she is a woman of color, right? Somewhat. Mm. I, I mean... Okay. Her Okay. <laughs> her father has Jewish... Uh, uh, ethnicity, and her mother is African American. There you go, African American. Okay, oh, okay, my bad. So, okay, that's fine. That's fine. You're in the clear. <laughs> As, <laughs> God, Whew, I was gonna like, what the hell? I thought I was dreaming up something. No, okay, but I mean, the reason why I brought that up is because Warner Brothers, being how they are, probably looked at how successful Black Panther was. Well. There's Black Canary. Kyle actually, one that stuck, stood out was Black Manta. Um, and he was good in Aquaman. Mm. So, but I guess they're saving that for Aquaman. Well, I guess maybe not. Is Aquaman 2 even happening? I mean, that, you know, that may be the most surprising thing out of all of this is that there's no talk of Aquaman 2 after it crossed a billion dollars. I mean, that, I'm, I'm still waiting for the Flash movie. Like, <laughs> announced that. Jesus Christ. They <laughs> announced it like two times and then they went back on it, David. I like, know. But last time I checked, last time I checked, they were supposed to have released it in February of 2018. <laughs> that didn't happen unless I missed it. But the Flash movie, I think it's dead. Okay. I think Ezra Miller is gone. I don't think that's going to happen. Do you think Ezra Miller is going to star in a Flash movie anytime soon? Uh, Any of you? 
Well, he's, he's too busy. He's too busy uh, shacking it up with uh, Johnny Depp right now. But uh, in uh, <laughs> according to according to uh, the great website Wikipedia, in uh, December 2018, it was reported that Warner Brothers chairman Toby Emmerich yes. had the studio developing a sequel. Discussions of a follow-up film had begun during post-production. When director James Wan told Total Film that the first film purposely left room for further stories, uh, Momoa told Sci-Fi Wire that he had uh, the beginning for a sequel written, and that after he pitched it to the studio through Emmerich and Saffron, whoever that is, they were receptive and enthusiastic with his ideas. And in 2019, the sequel was official, confirmed to be in development. Mm-hmm. And the studio was courting Juan to return and direct the movie. And we're sure that sequel is not this trench thing that's being tossed around now. No. Oh, okay. No, that was a different byproduct right. of it all. Right. Okay. Well, you know, just making movies and hopefully they're good. And, you know, that's all we want, really. Yeah. Can't wait for Shazam coming out in April. Uh, that's going to be fun with Zachary Levi. Hmm. I've not seen him in a movie in a while, so that's good to have him back. All right. Um, it's nice that he'll see the light. Yes. Speaking of a Disney reference, uh, okay. Who wants to tackle the Nightmare Before Christmas maybe getting some kind of a sequel or maybe even a – because what the report said from Disney Insider is that um, – there is a, a want for a follow-up to more Nightmare Before Christmas content, but there is no consensus as to whether or not they want to do a live-action remake or a sequel. Kyle is pulling his hair out right now. David? <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> Go ahead, David. Go ahead. Uh, uh, there might be potential for a sequel i don't know not really maybe not nah don't 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 do anything with nightmare before christmas um, I mean, what does it just make you feel like when when you when you read stuff like this i just go make something new <laughs> <laughs> god like, dang kyle are you done pulling out your hair there was a scene in Nightmare Before Christmas where it showed that there was different doors to different lands. If anything makes sense in this godforsaken world, you you would you would say, "Hey, why not we explore Easter Land or whatever?" You know, I'll be like, you know, you're thinking outside the box. It's stupid. But you're thinking outside the box. Good for you. But Jack and Sally's story is done. Oogie Boogie is dead. Triggered, uh, well, pulled apart and then dead. Uh, uh, Santa, he's delivering toys every year and all that shit. The, everybody, everybody's story is fine. Everybody had their story arc. There is no goddamn reason to make a sequel to Nightmare Before Christmas. It's good. It, that's part of the charm. It's like, 
it's franchiseless, you know, other than the infinite amount of merchandise that that it, that is sold every year at your local Hot Topic or your that makes a pretty penny. Or your or uh, or Disneyland every Halloween and Christmas. I mean, just keep it like that. There's a reason why a lot of people keep on buying the merchandise. A lot of people keep on like going back and revisiting this movie because it's a good movie and it's a good standalone movie. Just because a movie is good doesn't mean it warrants a sequel to be made out of it. Um, and to make a live action remake of Nightmare Before Christmas is the most asinine, stupidest shit I've ever heard <laughs> in I the mean, past couple of weeks. It, well, and by the way, that's a doozy. What are, they, also- what are they gonna have Jack Skellington on? Fucking stilts? Are they gonna freaking like put sticks on his sh- freaking feet and then have him be like, ooh, I'm the skeleton man. What are they- How? How? I mean... Look, I mean, you're saying this one of the most asinine ideas in weeks. Well, you know, we we just heard a few weeks ago about Moana having a sequel with the introduction of a, of a Latin princess, and then also the development of two sequels to Zootopia, and then now we're hearing this, and it's like, I, I can't, I can't be the only one person asking or thinking this question, and I think I need to ask the question right now to all of us: Is is Disney animation in disarray? What is happening? Like, really, what is happening? Because all this thing happened. Blame when, it on know, Lasseter, if you need a well, reason. The the what was it called? The Beanstalk movie, Gigantic, was canceled out of nowhere. That would have been a great movie. Forgot that would have been that awesome. <laughs> a Jack and the Beanstalk styled movie that is not Mickey and the Beanstalk. Count me in. That's a good idea. The, the giant was going to be an innocent little girl, and the and this guy, this farmer, was going to be the was going to be the main protagonist, and it'll be like, uh, you know, things are not you know as they seem. That's a great message. That's a great message to send to kids. But no, we're getting live action, freaking. This shit. Then. Well, they don't even know what's happening. Like at, at this point, what? What? It's like choosing between poison and a gunshot. It's like, would you want a live action nightmare or a sequel to Nightmare? Neither. Yeah. <laughs> neither. That's really... Fucking neither. God damn. Period. You know, Kyle. I think. I think we kind of willed this into existence because. You know, we did a recent Once Upon a Retrospect for Nightmare last year, and didn't we joke around how quickly they would announce a live-action Nightmare Before Christmas, (laughs) and then this happens? If we have that kind of power, fuck. You know, (laughs) starting tomorrow, President Trump will be impeached. Oh, okay. There we go. There we go. Tomorrow, it'll be all said and done. If we do, if we have that kind of power... The lottery, the freaking, you know, betting on Wall Street, you know, it's just, there's an endless cycle of opportunities for us. Yeah. David, do you think there's some trouble going on at the, at the studio, at the animation studio, yet again for Disney? Are we entering yet another one of those eras where it just seems like things are falling apart for the Disney animation studio? 
and it seemed to be going so well. What do you think happened? I think they just have a lot on their plate. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> yeah? Because, uh, I mean, it's Disney. But, it's not just the animation. It's freaking Marvel and all that. And I, know how, right. and I know they have, like, different people running those type of things, but they still have, like, a lot to look at. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, there are some that, like, why not look at look at it? Like, um, why not give it a sequel? Like, I don't mind Moana and Zootopia getting a sequel. Like, mm. I mean, especially Zootopia. Like, there's a bunch of potential for that. What 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 potential do you see in Zootopia? Because Kyle and I couldn't see it. What do you see in the in in the sequel to that movie? Well, it's well the place. It's like it's so big. Like we only saw like five seconds of it. Like and we only okay. saw the city part of it. There was right, still like right. that part of the Sahara that's supposed to be like the Sahara Desert, uh, the like the Antarctica or something. Like why not explore those places too? And I mean I don't know. Okay exactly like what lesson we can learn from a sequel but i mean i'm sure someone can figure it out like it can be done in the same way i guess ralph was but at the end of the day you know i just i just don't want more sequels that are are good not great and there we go like i told kyle i think a better idea would be a zootopia tv series where we can explore the world on an episodic basis on Disney plus. Mm. I think that would be more interesting in that sense than maybe two movies. I get why Disney thinks because they made a billion dollars that it can go ahead and do two more of these movies and they're doing a Shanghai, uh, attraction. So I understand the rationale behind all of that, but at this particular sense, but at this particular sense, I just don't understand, you know, the rationale in terms of it. Um, right now we're going to go ahead and say goodbye to Kyle. Uh, he has some things to get to, but David and I will pick it up from there. Kyle, thank you so much for joining us today. You are absolutely welcome. Uh, bye David. Bye Bye. Alexis. Bye. Bye. Uh, bye Bye. So it's really interesting. I don't know. I'm not entirely convinced, but at the end of the day, I want them, you know, I, I think it may just be better to just take a few years off. I know they won't do that. Hmm. And it, from a financial perspective, these sequels, do look lucrative, you know, from a business standpoint, and they could, and they will make a lot of money. So there's that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you you just can't help but get the feeling that there is some kind of a crisis going on at the animation studio, in particular after you know the abrupt exit of John Lasseter. Mm. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It, it, it makes me curious. Well, not curious, but it makes me a little bit. I don't know, concerned for what may come up in the future and if, you know, if they can even sustain themselves, you know, after the whole, after they lose Star Wars and Marvel and, you know, the big tentpole movies that are coming out every year, um, which may be another reason why they got Fox to cover their asses um, once uh, they don't, they're not producing enough. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see but how the, this goes. But then also for the sequel things, I think nowadays it's really hard to make something original and try to grab people's attention. Yeah. Because like, that's true. I know it's Disney. Like we'll watch any movie Disney puts out, mm-hmm. but it's kind of hard, but it's still really hard to like get them to that, like that billion dollar box office type of thing. If they do. Right. And though, I think that one of the reasons why Moana, like we were so excited about it is because it's because, um, 
for one thing, her ethnicity was different from any other princess. Yes, that helps. And I think uh, making Lin-Manuel direct it and write the music for it, that's what got attention. That's why that mm-hmm. that's why I mean, just to be clear, Yeah, just to be clear, Lin didn't direct the movie. Oh, my bad. He was a big, he was a big part. He was involved a lot in terms of like the culture and, you know, the music and the songs behind the movie. But just, just to be clear that Ron Clements and John Musker did the film oh. who also worked on or directed the movies, you know, Princess and the Frog, Treasure Planet, Aladdin and Little Mermaid and Hercules, I think so. Uh, just to be clear uh, where we are with that. And, you know, I, 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 I hear you. I hear you. Um, but I just think the biggest question is how the, the quality of these movies, especially when there is such an obvious hole at the studio right now. And we're in an era of transition. So I just question how good these movies are going to end up being. But again, as every movie, we will end up seeing how good they are once they are released. Yeah. Um, in that sense. Okay. So the embargo for Captain Marvel is going to be coming up uh, pretty soon. They're going to lift it. At this point, it looks as if the movie has been screened several times, of course, because it's Marvel and it's Captain Marvel in particular. Uh, And you know what? I think for me, this shows that uh, they're pretty confident in this movie. Mm. Uh, I got to be honest with you. The recent clips and trailers have kind of been winning me over more so than the earlier uh, footage that we saw from Captain Marvel. For whatever reason, I think the VFX have been looking better. Uh, in the recent clips, I think they've actually, you know, been maybe a little, at least putting more money or polishing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm actually really getting, uh, I'm looking forward to the movie uh, quite a bit. Um, so, in, and you know, it's not really a strange thing for Marvel to drop these things early and, you know, have the reviews early. They, they love to do that. Um, but I think the question that a lot of us, or at least I have on my mind is certainly, with Black Panther, and just to reiterate, I think there are aspects of the movie that we don't like, but overall we had a good time. It's a Marvel movie. We enjoyed it, I think, to varying degrees. Mm-hmm. But I think David and I would agree that for us and how we ended up seeing the movie, that the reviews were a little bit overblown when it comes to Black Panther's quality as a film. Um, the cultural significance notwithstanding. But a similar thing could happen in this case where, you know, Captain Marvel is going to be the first female-led superhero movie for the studio. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, you know, you just have to wonder, like, could we be in the same position where we kind of have to not rely so much on the initial reactions? Because I think it's going to be pretty obvious it's going to happen. And again, when I'm what I, I am about to say is not diminishing people's reactions to the movie, but I think it's pretty clear that the kind of reactions we're going to end up seeing is, Oh my God, how powerful it was, you know, the first female superhero movie and, you know, Captain Marvel, you know, was badass and she, she was powerful and, you know, she showed, she showed the boys what, and she's an inspiration for girls and it's such a beautiful movie. It's historic. And I think you and I pretty much know that we're going to be seeing a lot of those words thrown out in a lot of those early reviews. And I have to ask you, you know, how seriously are you going to end up taking those reactions? Um, not too seriously. I mean, I don't even look at reviews anymore that much. Not even social media reactions? No. I, I just try okay. to avoid them just so I can get my own ideas out 
once I see right, a movie. Right, right. But I mean, we all kind of get excited for different movies for different reasons. So mm-hmm. it's really just like, it's, it's really just pe- they're those people's opinions. And if you agree, if you always agree with them, then maybe you'll like it. Maybe you'll think mm. the same thing too when you watch right, it. Right, right. So like, it's, it's kind of hard to say. Hmm. Yeah. Either way, though, we hope it's good. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on. We all want the Indian. Of course. Moving on. There was, guess what? <laughs> there was another ABC Marvel show that was in development for a while there, and it looked as if it's now dead once again. Late last year, in the middle of uh, when when uh, Disney first announced that the Marvel Marvel Studios was going to be producing television shows from based on Loki and other characters on their streaming platform Disney Plus, there was also some news that kind of flew under the radar that ABC was yet again looking into getting another Marvel show on their network that was going to be focused on female superheroes, like a whole show like led by superhero uh, females. And they had hired, the name escapes me right now, but they had hired one of the screenwriters from the Wonder Woman movie uh, from 2000 and, oh God, 16. It's been a while. No, 2017, right? 27, yeah, it was 2017 when it came out. Um, So, and yet again, it seems as if that project is no longer in development. And I want to make sure people, you're not aware you know, the Marvel shows that have aired on ABC have been Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, Inhumans, Agent Carter, I think were the three shows that were greenlit and made it to air. There was another show called Marvel's Most Wanted, which was given a pilot order, but was not picked up for a whole season. Um, the And then here we have, there was also Marvel's New Warriors, which was supposed to feature Squirrel Girl and other, other characters on a more focus which i think was passed on to freeform and then freeform did nothing with it so there was also at some point a show that was supposed to be jessica jones-esque um and then that went nowhere so i don't know what to make of that i mean i guess it's just you know development hell for a lot of these projects but it just seems like in a lot of ways, ABC just can't catch their break. I mean, they so desperately want a like headlining Marvel show. The only show they've had on their air for like over five years at this point has been Agents of Shield. And the thing about Agents of Shield is, while we love it, and you know, clearly we love it here on this show, we and with the with uh, all that's been accompanying it, I just okay. Hold on, I need to turn this off because <laughs> this is getting annoying. Okay, we might need to. Oh shit! Oh shit! We need to watch this. We need. To... Oh my god! <laughs> that is the most. Re- that is Photoshop. That oh is. Oh my oh! god! Oh my god! Okay, I I need to keep this in for the audience right now because I need to tell you what's happening. Hold Peter on. Martinez just shared with us the trailer for Aladdin. The, We're gonna watch it. Hold on, Alexis Moreno is here. Um, the oh, trailer is? for Aladdin is on, <laughs> and the thumbnail of it was um, 
the genie, but blue, and it just looks ridiculous. Yes. So right now, and this is, I'm going to keep this in because this is amazing. Right now, we're going to essentially hit the pause button. Um, we're not, we're not going to pause the recording, but we're going to look at this trailer and then <laughs> we're going to talk about it. Cause go ahead if you want to, Francisco, just look at it. I'm going to play it on my phone right now. I'm, oh man. You got to hear it through my microphone though. That's the thing. Uh, you, you can, you want to mute your side real quick on your Facebook chat? If you open it up, there's a microphone, you press it, and you mute your side. (laughs) Oh, my God. All right, we're back. Can you hear me? Okay, can you hear me? We're back. Yeah, we're we're back. Oh, my God. Oh, shit. Um, we just, we just right now, essentially, like I told you, we, we watched the Aladdin trailer, which decided to drop in the middle of this recording where this is Sunday night that we're recording this. And, um, oh my God. Uh, we were watching the trailer simultaneously on our phones. And of course we have the video chat open and when the last moments of the trailer happen is, you know, Will Smith's genie and we looked at each other completely horrified by what, <laughs> oh my God, David, when, uh, when the face, what? it looked like it didn't go right with like the movement of his body or something oh my god <laughs> let me see this again i'm looking at it on my oh my god what's that on your face <laughs> like this is oh my god i'm sorry i mean you need to if you're listening at this you need to pull up on youtube right now the clip of this and this is just ugly Oh god! <laughs> the only like part that I liked was when I'm guessing it's the Prince Ali. The yeah, that's to give you that scene. That part looked cool, I guess. Everything else is kind of like meh. <laughs> oh my god! Where's your sister? Is she looking at this somewhere else? Yeah, she is. I think she's in the room or something. Do you want to tell her? Can would it be too much trouble to go get her right now real quick and tell her to give her a quick reactions? <laughs> uh, Would she mind? Uh, I mean, uh, I have no problem waiting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm dead. <laughs> I'm looking at this and I'm like, Oh my God, uh, this looks unnatural. <laughs> Forgive Peter. I am deceased. Deceased. <laughs> All right, she's on her way. <laughs> give us your reaction. <laughs> Did you see it? Yeah. Can, can you uh, put, make sure to put a headphone in her ear? That way she can hear me real quick. Okay, right now, if she can hear me, okay, right now we're being joined by Alexis Moreno. Uh, we just essentially were dropped in the middle of this. We had a conversation and this trailer happened. Alexis, you want to give us your quick... Th- <laughs> what the hell? 
What do you really? think? Really? I liked it. Oh my God. <laughs> I All mean, right, tell looks, us. Tell us. He looks weird. Okay, I saw this picture and he doesn't look that bad. Okay, which picture? I think it's just the like blue the one, that's really messing um, us up. <laughs> the CG, I don't know if you can see it. Oh my God. Okay. I mean, I'll tell you, it's not that bad there. It's not it just that looks bad so in this weird. picture, but in the trailer, it looks like really, like I obviously he's CGI, but he looks really CGI and his face kind of, um, I, there's like a character in my head, but I don't know the name, but it just kind of looks like his face and like, it's just like head like i don't know how to explain it the, the movement of the head doesn't really go around yeah, the body yeah mm-hmm. That's um but everything else i liked <laughs> okay <laughs> okay all right then well thank you for joining us real quick <laughs> all right bye-bye Bye. <laughs> all right it, it, david's gonna get resituated here um <laughs> oh my god uh, we're actually getting a call right now. Kyle Lira, who just signed off moments ago, is coming back because this trailer is, I guess, that big of a deal. And now here he is. Kyle, tell me, what made you come back? I mean, what the hell was that? 10,000 years could give you such a crick in the neck, right? And apparently the face. Oh, my um, God. Yeah. <laughs> I'm blue. Dabo dee, dabo die. Dabo oh, dee. God. Oh my god, what the fuck was that minute? <laughs> okay, and okay, you know, right now, uh, I, I, you know, right now, you and uh, you and the Morenos, <laughs> yeah, did your did your little reaction live on the on the on the podcast right now, but what? <laughs> okay. The, uh, a month ago or a few months ago, there was the uh, official like uh, look at the at Jasmine, Aladdin, and and uh, the human form genie that Will Smith will be portraying as. I prefer. Why didn't they just keep that version? Didn't look that great to begin with. I know, but I prefer that over what we got right here. It well, looks horrifying. It looks. <laughs> There was somebody on Twitter that spoofed it. Um, that he looks like like uh, Jack Nicholson from The Shining. It worse. Like um, Tommy. So because uh, we all got the message at the exact same time, David and I, and we we were screaming. What was your? Re- that was just looking he, at the thumbnail. He looked like a blue great kazoo from uh, from freaking Flintstones. A blue kazoo. Yeah, okay, so there's a character on the Flintstones, right? And kazoo, the alien. The alien? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looked like a blue, gray kazoo. kazoo. The great kazoo. Uh, that's not good. That's not good. And obviously there was, like, moments where it was like, oh, remember that scene? I mean, we got, like, the middle portion of it was Prince Ali, obviously, uh, and then the last bit was looting into friend like me, like, you know, GD three wishes. You've never heard of that stuff. And I'm like, this is a story all about <laughs> Disney plus. This is Disney plus material, not theatrical material. I'm actually just shocked. They decided to release it. 
I mean, release the trailer with it looking like this because, like, okay, the stuff before it might have been good, but let's just face it. That last thing is all anyone is going to be talking about is how the genie looks. And, oh, my God, does it look awful? You know, okay. Here's the thing. A lot of a lot of I, I I'm seeing already on Twitter a lot of uh, a lot of people uh, complaining like oh you know just let us have our fun and all that stuff. I'm like this no okay you know he's never gonna be Robin Williams he never will so just shut up. We're not talking about that. We're obvi- we obviously know that there's gonna be some differences between Robin Williams and Will Smith's performance. There's no question about it. You know the mm. problem is. Is that this movie shouldn't be made? Another thing is that his performance as the genie, it, like not performance, but like his look, you did not have to go blue. You did not have to make him blue. You just make him a bigger version of the of the life uh, of his human form that he already is. I mean, you don't really have to do that much. Just have Will Smith be Will Smith and that's it. I mean, look how look how creepy this looks. That looks uh, like Jesus Christ. <laughs> Did you see this image? Yeah, I saw it. <laughs> look at this. He's smiling. He's smi- like <laughs> like creeper status. Like 100% creeper status. That that's bad. Like okay, is it is it that that they photoshopped his or they they well, they motion capped his face bad, or is it just that his face doesn't go with the body, or that it just looks creepy? Uh, C, all of the above. No, D, all of the above. Yeah, <laughs> all of the above. <laughs> all of the above. It's just, Bob, honey, your laziness is showing. I'm just looking at the reactions on Twitter. Uh, here's DR Movie News that says, well, uh, don't know what to make of this. Looks a bit better than we thought he would, but that still isn't saying much. This character should have been left 2D. The whole movie oh. should have been left 2D. Yeah, it really should have. It honestly just looks like a joke. And you know what's, I think the saddest part about this is that Will Smith can't catch a fucking break. He had okay. I don't know because I'm I'm into YouTube culture and all that shit. He headlined YouTube Rewind, and he was part of like the most hated video on YouTube ever. Uh, bad break after bad break. It's just like, is it safe to like retire at this point? Because like, there's no going back. You mean Will Smith? Yeah. Wow. It's so bad that he should just call it a day. Call it a day. Throw in the towel. You know what? Your Men in Black movies, they were good. The Bad Boys movies, they were good. Freaking Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, one of the greatest sitcoms to ever air. You did good. I don't... Not to get me started of how cheap Agrabah looks. It, oh, I honestly don't even remember. Agrabah looks cheap. It looks hella cheap. It looks like like somebody shot at the back uh, at the back of uh, of the Universal Studios back lot, but but they but they picked the F lot instead. 
and the monkey looks obviously fake. You know, it's just like the whole movie looks fake. This movie feels fake. If I were, if I were, uh, if I were, you know, if I rubbed the lamp and got and uh, and got a genie and he granted me three wishes, I would just wish for one. Just don't make this movie. Yeah. So yeah, those are my thoughts. Well, Kyle, I appreciate your time uh, for calling back in for these emergency comments, as they were. Uh, thank you, and uh, how I, we will be seeing you uh, whenever we see you. Later. I can't unsee this. <laughs> I really can't unsee this. Wow. Okay. Peter's also yeah dying. He says, <laughs> as, as David mentioned, I am deceased. <laughs> So I guess Peter won't be on the show anymore because he died. Um, I think he died. He, I think he died of laughter, <laughs> probably. Um, I don't know, David. I just like you know, <laughs> Kyle and I have been talking that this Aladdin thing is probably gonna not go over so well, and I think da- uh, Will Smith's performance is going to be very, very um, controversial. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. And it, I don't know. It, it just looks weird. Oh, the, I remember when the first pictures came out of the lad and, and people were mm-hmm. complaining that, like, uh, Genie wasn't blue and all. And it was Will Smith that said, <laughs> it was Will Smith that said, like, no, guys, this is just, like, images. I'm actually, like, blue most of the time or something. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I honestly thought he was joking <laughs> for some reason. You thought he was joking? Yeah. No, he wasn't joking, David. <laughs> wasn't joking. He wasn't. Did you see that trailer? <laughs> he wasn't joking. <laughs> oh my god. Wow. This is this is something. Um that was a moment right now in the show. <laughs> that that was That was, it was wh- fun. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, it was. All right. So we can try and compose ourselves, maybe, you know, bring it in um to what we were saying. So, you know, ABC and these Marvel shows, they've they just haven't been working out. And as much as we love Shield, it just it's not a it's not a ratings draw. I think they what they would want it. Um, we know because of you know para analytics, you know they've proven uh, they work with world, uh, you know the world uh, Guinness World of Record uh, Records, and it is the most popular show around the world, Agents of Shield. As far as you know, when you count in social media and then also um, online traffic, so we know this. But what they were hoping in humans would be would be you know a ten million viewer an episode kind of show, and that. It, it didn't materialize for very obvious reasons. Um, and so Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the only show left standing. But I think, David, um, and, and keep all this in mind when I, when I ask you this question, because Kyle and I, on the last show, which I know you haven't had the chance to hear, but we were speculating about what's going to happen with all of the shows and the productions under the Marvel Entertainment umbrella, which is under the jurisdiction of Ike Perlmutter and Jeff Loeb. In, because... And we asked that question because we know that these that Marvel Studios is getting into the TV game now with Loki and with Falcon and Winter Soldier and Hawkeye or whatever they have planned and Vision and Scarlet Witch. And it's funny how those shows are being announced, but at the same time, all of the shows under Marvel Entertainment have been kind of going away. You have all of the Marvel Netflix shows are just gone. Jessica Jones and, and Punisher... 
have not been canceled yet, but as I've said, the expectation is they will be canceled Mm -hmm. pretty soon, and then then that will be the end of it. And then Legion announced that it's ending this season uh, with season three unexpectedly. Um, You didn't hear about that? I did not. Dang. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to you know, bring on bad news, but Legion is going to be ending with season three. The creators said that they've always intended to end it this way. So if it's any comfort that like, this is their game plan for ending it at, at three seasons. Okay. Um, which, you know, it, it's not as if they were canceled and then there's no like closure. There will be, there will be closure from what I read. Mm-hmm. Whether or not, though, that has anything to do with Disney, because, you know, they, Legion is now under... Well, well, it was really to begin with, but it's all Legion is ending. Mm-hmm. The Gifted is still going to be on Fox, and you still have um, Cloak and Dagger and Runaways and Agents of Shield, and that's only four shows. When you think about how many they had over ten or eleven shows at one point, just in twenty seventeen, and now they're down to four. And so the question that I have for you: Does it feel like? Something like they're being phased out in favor of the Marvel Studios shows? Could it be that they're finally going to absorb it all into one umbrella and it could be because of the 20th Century Fox merger? What do you think? I think it is. If anything. I think it's, yeah? it is because of that. I mean, why not? Why not keep it under one place? But at the same time, it's like it's a bad idea because not everyone wants to see everything that they're going to put out. Mm-hmm. And like how how exactly are you gonna grab people's attention into going in going to the Disney Plus thing right. without even seeing like what else there is, the ones that we can see. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know? Right. So yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, but I mean that's interesting. Mm-hmm. All the shows that I think that are left standing for one reason or the other. It's going to be interesting to see how much longer it is until maybe they're not around. Yeah. You know, the former uh, president of uh, Freeform, which did oversee the introduction of Cloak and Dagger, um, is now the new head of ABC Television Network. And it's going to be interesting what happens in the, in the coming years as to where the rest of those shows go. Um, they're all under Disney umbrellas, so I mean, as far as cancellation is concerned, I think they're they're fine for the next year or so, depending on what they decide. But um, who knows, really? And yeah, but I think it's one of the things that people I don't think have been really talking about lately, and I think you should notice that it's not more than a bit coincidental that all these shows are disappearing like Thanos snaps. Mm-hmm. Like really they, they got Thanos snapped like the Marvel entertainment show lineup. And now Marvel Studios is getting into the TV game now. So, and it makes me, it makes me sad because, you know, I think Marvel entertainment handled a lot of the shows in, in the wrong way, but more or less all of the shows that were made were all good ideas for a show. And more or less, they were all good shows. There were some exceptions, of course, in Humans and Iron Fist. They were handled the wrong way. But in theory, they should have been amazing shows. So, and these are definitely characters that should have been explored in a TV setting. I'm still floored they have not announced a Ghost Rider TV series. Mm. I really, I don't know what they're waiting on that. Maybe they'll do it now with, um, I mean, isn't that weird? If ABC wants 
a, a Marvel show on their network that's going to, I think, bring an excitement. You already have, uh, you know, Gabriel Luna that did Robbie Reyes on the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. show, and he hasn't been seen since. Hmm. I I would watch a Ghost Rider TV show. Yeah. Especially with this Ghost Rider. Um, I mean, it, it ended with him going back to hell, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or the Dark Dimension, as they say. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, I don't know what's going on. But again, like Disney Animation, there is an era of transition. And this 20th Century Fox merger is affecting every single asset and every single department of these companies. In the next podcast with Peter, we're going to go in-depth into the the uh, the merging of 20th Century Fox and Disney. And spoiler alert, it's not pretty. It's not pretty for a lot of people. Like It's honestly getting pretty Game of Thrones over there. Like it's, it's, it's so bad. It's like that scene from the dark Knight, where he has two former henchmen of somebody he just killed. And he said that we, um, we're currently accepting positions and, um, he gets like a pole or something. He snaps it in two and he throw, no, no, no. He, he snaps it in two. He throws one at the two people, but we're having tryouts in the sense that you have to fight for your job to the death. Um, did I do a good job describing that scene, or yeah. do you not know? When, okay, no, I know. Well, I know sure. what you mean. Okay, it's because you seemed lost there. No, just uh, for, <laughs> I'm still laughing at Will Smith. <laughs> <laughs> just, I just look at that photo, and I'm like, oh my god, that's gonna be a joke. It really is. All right, so now we move on to the uh, the final phase of the episode, the reviews. Mm. Um, let's get with Prodigy. Yeah. Let's start with the prodigy. So you went to go see this movie. I was going to go see it, but then you said, don't see it. It's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> Alexis told me um, that, well, she basically told me how the movie went. And um, it sounds to me that it was a case of wrong direction and entirely unsatisfying. What do you say? Yeah, that seems about it. Um, I was really interested in the story. Like, I kind of like the whole... Uh, uh, the d- demonic entity yeah, maybe yeah. being in the boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then it, when they like were trying to explain it into the movie, like it kind of, it just lost me. They lost me right there. Oh, they lost you in like, like you couldn't keep up with what they were saying or what they were telling you just wasn't what you wanted out of this movie. It wasn't what I wanted from the movie at all. And, okay. Okay. And then the kid in the movie, I could tell he was really trying to act, like really well but it just did not work for me again oh no yeah sadly it's one of those case of bad child actors i don't know if it was like he was bad at acting or maybe just like or it was the role that he couldn't he wasn't it, convincing to you it wasn't convincing for me the role wow and they just kind of went like in, in a weird direction of it um and then there were just some scenes that just I was laughing because it, it was so bad. It was wow, so ridiculous. you were laughing. Yes. That's how bad it was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, I don't want to spoil anything. It's just it, the story didn't work. Some of the acting didn't work. Um, there's just some scenes that like it just it doesn't make sense how that happened at all. Mm. And then in the end, the ending too, there was like three separate endings. And I was like, ooh, you, you should have ended it sooner. Like it was a, like, even though it was bad, like I, I actually would have liked it. 
when they ended it in this one scene. Because it kind of looked, I, that was the, like the only part that I liked where they took it in the end. Mm-hmm. But no, even that didn't work because they kept going and going after that. So it sounds to me that this movie repeatedly pissed you off a little bit. Yeah. And just like, it was like, I'm getting a lot of like bone crushing disappointment. Yeah. From this movie. Me I was really disappointed in the end. Cause I was so excited for this. I mean, Peter said it was boring and that it looked boring. I liked the premise from the trailers. I was scared mm-hmm. from the trailers. If anything, I wasn't bored. I was, <laughs> The emotions coming out of me were for the wrong reasons. Oh, God. But I wasn't bored. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, that was a movie. Mm Mm-hmm. And, well, now we're moving on. Mm. The other movie that uh, this one you saw and I saw was the Lego movie to the second part. Now... This movie, um, I can't believe it's been six years (laughs) since the first Lego movie. And you know, the first Lego movie was such a surprise. Almost, I think, I think I walked out of that theater shocked at how good the first Lego movie was. Like for me, the Lego movie is easily one of the best animated movies of this century mm-hmm. um, for what it's in. And, and there's been a lot of very good animated movies this century, but I think it, it really, it differentiates itself enough and it has a pretty unique message that most animated movies just don't go for. The animation is spectacular and it's a wonderful, brilliant story. Um, and it's definitely spawned a franchise. There was the Lego Ninjago movie, which I didn't see because it, I think it was an obvious, that one was more of a, think aimed for younger audiences and it, it, it wasn't received as well did you see lego ninjago yeah i did see it and um, how was it uh it was it was all right not as good as the batman and lego movie right right and you love the first lego movie right i love it i really love yeah, it yeah. and the batman lego movie oh, i love I, I keep i don't know what it is i feel like in a lot of ways spider-verse should really like, a lot of what happened in spider-verse you know thanks to lego batman I think Lego Batman did it first. And, and I mean, not, not to the extent that, you know, Spider-Verse like did the stuff that Spider-Verse did, but Lego Batman really did almost a similar way in that it took a lot of the history and the lore from the Batman comics mm-hmm. and the TV and everything. And I love Lego Batman movie. I really do. Yeah. Yeah. But Ninjago is just kind of, it's whatever. I, I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't, yeah. I don't love it. I don't consider I it my kin. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then comes this movie and from the trailers, you know, so some of us were not so, um, enthralled by the trailers. I wasn't really understanding what the whole, you know, post-apocalyptic thing. And I was like, why are we doing this? You watch the movie and you get why we're doing this. Mm -hmm. It's pretty, it's pretty clear. They tell you, um, why this thing is going and you know, what direction it's going to go in. Um, you know, there were some moments in the movie where I was feeling a little, a little, I'm not going to say I was bored. I'm a, a little bit frustrated because, um, it just didn't, it wasn't as good as the first movie. Let's just say that. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I think you and I agree on that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but it's also a good movie. Yeah. With a very good message. Mm-hmm. And it was handled, the story actually was handled with a lot of care and attention to it. And especially, and it's a wonderful follow-up to the first movie. I don't know what it was about it, but I, I I just didn't like it as much as perhaps I would have liked it too. But at the same time, I do like the movie a lot. And the ending is actually very strong. Yeah. Like it ends in a way that uh, by the time I got to the midpoint of the film, I was like, you know, this is cute. Yeah. But when it got to the ending and when it stuck the landing, I'm like, okay, okay. You you did good in the end. Mm-hmm. Like I think I think the biggest problem I think with people watching this movie is you kind of have to buy into the story that they're telling, and if you don't like it, you may have an issue with it. Mm-hmm. And that is that if you don't like the post apocalyptic setting or the direction they take after that, that might hinder your enjoyment of the movie because that's pretty much the whole film. But at the same time. It's a pretty creative and unexpected um, way to continue on the events of the first film and to push the two main characters here, Emmett and Lucy, Lucy who's wild style, to push their characters forward and their story together forward. And there was so much quality work done with the characters on all fronts, not just these two characters, um, to call it mediocre or bad because it's not Mm. at all. It's actually very good and very entertaining. And a lot of it is still from the first movie. The catchy song is hilarious. (laughs) Like this song's going to get stuck inside your, (laughs) it's, it's wonderful. Um, yeah, it's, and of course, I mean, anytime Will Arnett is on screen, Mm. it's like gold. I mean, it's just really, um, yeah, I, I think it's, it's, it's good. And I'm, I'm curious to see where this franchise goes next, but overall, like if you were a fan of the first movie, if you were a fan of Lego Batman movie, like you're going to enjoy this one for sure. Yeah. And in my eyes, like if you consider that a trilogy from Lego movie to Lego Batman and Lego two, it's a good trilogy. Yeah. So I enjoyed it. It kind of is a trilogy. Right, I mean, if you really yeah. think about it. Yeah, it really, <laughs> it really is. What do you think, David? No, I really like this. I really liked the movie. The first half of it, it was, it was kind of hard for me to get through. Like, I don't know what it was yeah. about. I don't know. Maybe if it was like mm-hmm. the jokes or something, but mm-hmm. then I would say maybe around where the part, no, around when you meet the villain, I'm putting mm-hmm. air quotes. Um, yes. Uh, that's when it got entertaining for me because I thought they were really like, uh, making it big now and the jokes were getting were finally getting funny for me yeah, yeah. and I actually really liked uh, that scene where I'm talking about the villain how they kind of how just the way the camera moved around the way they mm-hmm. did the, the mm-hmm. singing the musical part that's what I said um, and yeah I really liked the message in the end <laughs> it was just it, it really kind of threw you off a bit too like no, music. really, you don't get. Uh, I know, weird, weirdly enough, because what they do is things that we've seen done in movies before in terms of twists, but 
that's one of the things that really kind of threw me for a loop and like, oh, okay. I mean, it's obvious on the surface, but then it's one of those things like maybe almost a Shyamalan, a Shyamalan, a Shyamalan esque kind of twist where it's 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 like staring you in the face the entire time, mm-hmm. but then you don't realize it until, oh, okay, I guess that makes sense as much sense as as this Lego universe makes to begin with. Yeah. Um, yeah, I gotta tell you with you. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Like there were things I just I didn't see coming whatsoever, and they happened. Um, and uh, what was it? I, I thought it was nice. Also, uh, as with the first Lego movie, as in this case, you do have a side story. Um, the uh, the kids. The kids who are playing with these Lego toys. Mm-hmm. Um, th- of course, there's a story here happens, and I think it's also a pretty nice message as well. Uh, and one that is universally relatable uh, and done very well, which, of course, feed into the events of you know the Lego universe, which is in the same case as the first movie. Mm-hmm. So... And the audience that I saw it with was having a hell of a time. They loved it. They cracked up. That's cool. Um, so I think it was a win overall. Mm-hmm. And we'll see how how strong or not this movie performs. Yeah. But I, I wonder, though, do you think they're going to continue with these movies going forward? Or you think Because it really did feel like this was like a, a nice end, like an ending to the whole story. Or was it just me? Um, yeah, it, it, they could end the Lego movie at least with this they can mm-hmm. still keep making like other lego movies like batman and right that. right it's just they really gotta like put some thought into it and what they what kind of story they want to tell yeah yeah because for sure because that's really their money right there <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah really <laughs> in terms of animation i guess for warner brothers like they yeah. can really do a lot with that franchise they really could they really could i mean they've had years to think about this mm-hmm. They've done four of them with Ninjago, Batman, and of course, Lego Movie and Lego Movie 2. So um, who's to say they won't do any more of them? Um, but as far as the characters of like Lucy and, and Emmett, I think they reach a, a nice ending here. Um, so it's, you know, it's going to be interesting. But there, if there's a story, there's a story. Mm-hmm. As always. So with that, we're going to go ahead and close the show for today. I want to thank uh, David for joining me and Kyle for joining me. And then also, weirdly enough, Alexis Moreno for joining <laughs> me at, you know, some random moment there that was completely unexpected. But thank uh, thanks to all of them for being here. And thank you to the audience for listening, as you always do. And to remind you, of course, you can listen to this podcast on Apple, iTunes and podcast.com and Google Play and Mixcloud. Uh, every Sunday and on uh, Thursdays, as well as uh, the Fantasy Fair podcast, which airs on Monday and Friday. On Monday, there will be the recent uh, Once Upon a Retrospect with Kyle and Alexis with Sleeping Beauty with yours truly as the special guest star of the day. Uh, thank you so much again for tuning in. And to remind you, there are plenty more podcasts on a variety of different issues. Uh, going on right now on Red Spotlight Entertainment. But until next time, bye-bye. Bye.